Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, everybody, to the Heroes Podcast Network. I'm your regular host, John, with Gamer Heroes, of course, and our other host, Derek. What's up, guys? How you doing? Man, welcome back. We uh, missed last week, so it's good to talk to you. Yeah, and, and I want to apologize. I want to take this moment to explain our to explain myself, at least to our listeners out there. It is Halloween time, and as you know, I create a lot of props. We are busy, <laughs> so it's not a bad thing. Um, but sometimes you gotta get you gotta give people what they're paying for <laughs> before you can find time for other things. Taking a shit, walking the dog—that comes secondary, you know. <laughs> no, I hear that, man. I got you. It's it's a crazy time of year. Um, and of course, you know, it's not just Halloween because you guys, Buster Props, you and Ryan will be at Kansas City Comic Con in just a couple of weeks. Yeah. We're, so you, ha- you have to have, you know, prep for that, prep for Halloween. It's, it's a lot of stuff. Well, man. on top of that, we've got so many good movies releasing this time of year. We've got so many games coming out just this month alone. So we got a lot of stuff to d- discuss today. Um, let's dive right in, shall we? Sure, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, you want to start with news? Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, kick it off with the news, man. Um, what do you want to talk about first? Well, the the first big thing is, I think, from Oculus. Uh, VR has been, of course, a, a main talking point over the last year or so. And until uh, up until now, it's been fairly expensive, difficult for people to get in to that market. Um Except for maybe PSVR, that seems to be the most affordable. That's still about an $800 buy-in if you do not have a PlayStation 4 already. Uh, But Oculus, who's kind of the big shot in the VR space, uh, they are uh, owned by Facebook. Um, You're born Mark Zuckerberg. That's right, that's right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and uh, and so they're kind of the the big player. But they've always been kind of expensive. So they announced... Oculus Go, which is a completely separate, dedicated headset coming out next year for $199. That's a pretty cheap headset. Very. And, and then, but, but like the caveat to that is, hey, we're going to sell you the headset for a lot cheaper, but you still need to buy the controls. You still need to have a machine. So although it's on the lower end and they're hoping to probably capture that, that middle, I don't know, that middle market of people. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't require a, a computer or a console though. I guess you're right. It won't require a PC or mobile device. How is that even going to work? He hasn't, did he really even give us much information about it? So yeah, a little bit. So basically um, this is very similar to Samsung's or Google's 
uh, he- uh, VR devices, except instead of having to use your smartphone, it has a built-in display already. So they're calling this a, quote, all-in-one headset. Um, and it's we don't have a ton of information about it. We know that the LCD display is going to be 1440, which is your average computer monitor. Um, which, you know, is good. It's better than 1080p, uh, but not, of course, 4K, which, I mean, you know, do you need 4K and VR? Probably not. Probably not, not yeah. Uh, but it's all, everything's built into the headset. The audio drivers are built into the headset. Um, it's going to basically play what, what we would call um, kind of those low-end mobile VR games is kind of the idea. Um, so if you were to use Google Cardboard or the Samsung headset, things like that, those are the kinds of games you're going to be able to play. That's a disappointing. Have you actually played around with uh, some the Samsung one? Not the Samsung one. I do have a Google Cardboard um, for for mine, um, and the the kind of scientific apps, the nature apps, the Google Earth apps, things like that. Those are really, really cool. Right. Really cool. Well, actually, um, we were talking about this. I I did I did test the uh samsung one somebody at work has and they brought it in um it's really cool but you're right you're not going to get the high-end type of games you know for a true gamer i feel like you want to play high-end triple a titles you're not going to probably get that with this um but i do want to say this uh and it was kind of where you were heading down the google apps are amazing and um schools are starting to adopt them and I'll tell you why, mm-hmm. because rather than going on a field trip to a museum, you can actually go tour a museum virtually. You can tour – you can see Madison Square Garden virtually before even going there, and it's like you're there, mm-hmm. which is I think a really cool and educational way to use uh, technology like this. Um, I think it's great, honestly, and I, I think of of the mobile – the Samsung one is probably the best one out there. So that, that'll that be the big competition for this one. Right. Um, now, I totally agree with you. I think that the educational application is huge. I mean, kids who, you know, can't afford to go to these places, districts that can't afford to send kids these places, you know, things like, you know, the Met in New York or, you know, the Franklin Institute in Philadelphia or even, you know, international museums, yeah. uh, you know, um, historical sites in you know london or france or you know maybe the sydney opera house you could have you know three-dimensional spaces that people could look through to understand more of what what these these locations have to offer um but these will have uh, according to the website which is oculus.com slash go you will immerse yourself in over 1000 vr games social apps 360 experiences and more, which means that 1,000 number is all of those things. It's not 1,000 games. It's 1,000 of all of those. So I imagine you'll see a lot of these educational apps. You'll see a lot of Google apps. You'll see social apps, which I'm still curious to see like what exactly that means um, as far as this experience is concerned. But it is starting to get to that price point. Because remember, John, you yourself said 199 That was the, the price point you were looking for. In that, and I'm talking about <laughs> not an all-in-one, uh, basically mobile one, but uh, it has raised my my eyebrows a little bit because it, it, let's say they they decide 
they do want to start producing AAA titles, this could be a very cool option. It could. I mean, it's going to need a lot more horsepower, I For think. For sure. Um, you know, so so on the flip side, the actual Oculus, um, the Oculus Rift, they did get a, a full price cut. Uh, the controller bundle is now three ninety nine, um, which makes it basically the same price as PSVR. Uh, but and this is an article from PC Gamer because I wanted the stats. Here's the I mean here's all you need uh, for a computer to, to get this to work. You need an i3 processor. That's uh, pretty there well. are some AM, yeah. there are compatible AMDs. You need a Radeon 470, okay, a GTX 1050i or a GTX N60 uh, 960. Those are all fine. Uh, you need eight gigs or more of RAM. You need uh, Windows 8.1 or newer, and you need a few USB ports. So we're not talking about anything that is really intense. Now, Oculus recommends an i5 processor with a GTX 1060. Uh, of course, that would be great, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but but either way, it, it doesn't mean that you need a gaming powerhouse. It means you need a relatively modern computer the last maybe two or three years um, and you should be able to run an Oculus Rift if you've got the money for it. I like that. I I personally think it takes away the fear of of saying, oh, I can't have that because I I don't have this PC or I don't have the money to upgrade this stuff. So I, I actually think that's really cool to bring mm-hmm. bring light to that. And I don't think that people talk about it enough, to be honest with you. Um I mean, when I built my PC, I, I had it in mind that I wanted to do VR in the future, and I wanted to be set for the next couple of years, five years maybe, tops. Um, and I, I have what they have recommended, basically, for this. And that's... I mean, that's... Yeah. Still costs a lot of money, though. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly not cheap, right? You're basically investing in a completely different video game technology. For sure. Um but it is getting cheaper. You know, when this all started out, the, the Oculus Rift and the Vive, you were looking at six to $800 yep. plus your computer, um, which, of course, at the time would have been more expensive parts than they are now. So the price is coming down. It's starting to become more affordable. And I think it, by the end of 2018, you're going to start seeing some, some pretty normally priced um, VR setups, I would imagine. Yes, yes, and I think 2018 will be the year for that. Um, that'll probably be the year that I even make the purchase at all. Like I said, right now, it's not to me. It's not feasible. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't disagree. I'm in the same boat. But if it comes down enough, man, we're, we're going to start doing some VR. If anything, if anything, I think PSVR will hit the target price range. It's already closer to that. It's at 2.99 now, isn't it? Is it? I thought I saw it was still three. Okay. Um, three PSVR, you, I think you might be right. PSVR will probably hit it first, and they'll probably yeah. get my money first. And I'll, just because I already have a PS4, and you do too. Right. I mean, that's the thing, right? It's 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 designed by Sony for their PlayStation. It is two ninety nine, by the way. I just looked. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, so yeah, so I mean, if you have a PlayStation already, it's it's only a three hundred dollar. Uh, purchase whereas the Oculus Rift is still 400 and the Go is 200 and you don't have a lot of the games available so mm-hmm. PSVR is still what I would consider to be probably the best option for most people right 
you know, uh, but we'll have to see. I think Oculus is really trying to compete with Sony here. I think HTC's got to figure out how to get the Vive to drop in price if they want to stay in the game. I mean, I'm sure they're going to be, I'm sure they've got plans and I'm not saying creating another device that hits that middle market is a bad idea, but I'm also saying like, why, why, why make production on another new product that's cheaper when you can just bring down the price and just completely corner the market? Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. He's a genius. <laughs> I'm not. Remember that? <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, All right. Well, let's move on from VR, man. What else you got? I want to talk about EA for a minute. Okay. And Battlefield, Battlefront, sorry. Battlefront 2, to be particular. Um, as you know, we talked about it a couple episodes we, with Ian as our special guest. Um, you can catch him on Cosplay Couture. He, uh, we were talking about the loot crates and being purchased. Um, now, it seems like that has resonated with the gaming community as well, uh, not only enraging us, but enraging millions of people across the, <laughs> across the planet. And um, it's bullshit. I'm, I'm going to come out and say it. You're telling me that if I can pay for loot crates, I can get items. Okay? What if I'm level one and I put in $100? There's a chance that I will be better than anyone else that had to play to unlock all of these these uh, these guns or, or whatever you get from the loot crates. So, um, and this has been actually been going on in um, the beta. N- not that they're purchasable, not that they're purchased, but the beta people have been seeing what's coming out of these loot crates and they're not very happy. Um, so. EA responds back with, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to, instead of uh, giving you the best items to purchase, those got to be unlocked. But we're still going to give you good items because we want you to buy the loot crates. That doesn't give anybody any peace of mind when you say (laughs) the best items have to be unlocked. But we're still going to give you good items if you purchase the loot crates. So yeah. let me let me just elaborate. What what that includes is star cards, which Ian explained before. Star cards give you special abilities, um, and they let you unlock more. I don't know uh, heroes and villains. Um, you'll get outfits, you get emotes, um, victory poses. But again, star cards look sounds like a benefit. Star card sounds like you can get an edge there. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. To me, it's 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 just bullshit. It's like like uh, I I told Derek I posted this meme for the listeners out there. It was like a guy holding a piece of paper with uh, left down left right. You know what I mean? The old cheat codes, and then it was like cheat codes before, and then it was cheat codes now. It's just a guy holding his credit card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that's true, and that's exactly what EA has done here. And I think their response to people yelling at them about this during the beta is pretty weak. I mean, what's your take on that? Well, look, I I do not like loot crates that have items that are anything more than cosmetic. Um, If you want to have cosmetic things like in Overwatch, for example, that's fine. Uh, I think that if people want to spend, you know, their own money to get skins and mounts and colors and sprays and things of that nature. Totally fine. 
because it doesn't actually impact the gameplay itself. Okay, it's just like how you'll spend you know more money for a particular bundle that's you know a special edition. Like you know, uh, I want the Pokemon 3DS or I want the Arkham Knight PS4. Right? Um, that's that doesn't change the console. It nope. Plays the same games the same way. Uh, it's just a, you know spray paint, and that's fine. But when you start to impact the play of the game and you're forcing people to spend money on it to win, to be better, to be more powerful, to be faster, etc., then you're impacting the game in a way that basically says, if you want to win, you need to spend more money. But they're saying and, you don't get the best item, <laughs> the most powerful Well, I mean, <laughs> right? Like, that's kind of the problem there, right? It's like they're trying to walk it back a bit. So they're basically saying that... Um, we're going to reserve our, for lack of a better word, exotics for unlocking and gameplay. But our, our legendary and heroic items exactly. are still in loot boxes. Yep. Well, that still means then that those those exotics are really only for the hardcore players, the core group. The casual gamer is not going to be able to get those, or at least not very many of them. And they're still going to feel compelled to spend the extra money. And this is a game that comes with a $60 price tag. This is not a game like, you know, League of Legends or Hearthstone where the games are free and you have to pay for the stuff in the games. It's a different, that's a totally different um, style of game. It's a better, that's this, better in my opinion. Because, well, like, is, you're not purchasing is, an incomplete game. You're not purchasing at all. You're purchasing for, you're purchasing, I guess, the game in chunks. I don't know. Well, I mean, in a game like League of Legends or Heroes of the Storm, you know, you're buying characters, you're buying skins, you're buying mounts. Um, and again, it's just the characters that really affect the gameplay. And if you don't want to spend money, you can play the free ones that rotate every couple of weeks. Right. Um, you know, in Hearthstone, Hearthstone's kind of a pay-to-win game these days. Uh, I have less of a problem with it because you can play for free, completely for free. Um, and of course, they have to make some money. But if I spend $60 on a game, or in some cases now 80 to 100 if I want you know, all the season passes, um, I don't want to then have to spend more money just to keep up with other players. And that's what's happening in games like Battlefront. It's what's happening in a lot of these styles of games where loot boxes have weapons. Halo multiplayer, Call of Duty multiplayer, these things have started to make it where if you don't have the best guns, you don't have the best armor... It doesn't really matter how good you are. And if you can buy that armor or those weapons like you can in Battlefront versus earning them in games like Halo and Call of Duty, now it's not about your skill or your time dedication. Right. It's about how much money you have. And that's a problem. I, I will not support that. It's it's I think it's a policy EA has had. They've done that they've done that in Battlefront or excuse me, Battlefield One. They've done that in Battlefield Four. And it's bullshit. Again, it's just bullshit. Like I, I can't stress enough. I'm not. They make great games, and I'm not gonna say I'm gonna stop playing their games. But I do. I definitely do think the the community should stand. And I, it looks like people they've gotten their attention. Let me just put it there. Um, really enraged with this game. People have they've been getting nothing but comments and reviews left and right. Um. It's just well, it's a huge is, thing. Pay to win is just a huge problem. They're they're hiding it behind what they're calling games as a service, which is something that that Destiny really kind of helped found, which is the idea of you play this game 
for three years, for five years, whatever it is. This is the game you play, and they will keep providing content for that game. But unlike in Destiny, where you would buy expansions or you know sprays, as you will now, that are basically cosmetic, mm-hmm. um, you know Battlefront's choosing to do it with weapons that make you you know better in the game. Um, games as a service is a real thing because video games are getting more expensive to make. Let's let's not argue about that. Video games are more expensive to produce now than they used to be. Right. Um, the the AAA titles, the graphics are more intensive. The games are larger. I mean, you look at a game like Breath of the Wild. It's a massive game. Skyrim before it was a massive game. Uh, being able to produce these is just more expensive. So I understand they have to make that money back. I'm the kind of person who would rather pay $70 for the game and be done than pay 60 and then be pressured into loot boxes. But I understand they want to keep that price point. All the main games are $59.99. Um, you know, there's that $39.99 and then $19.99. Those are your your brackets. No one really goes above that unless it comes with something like season passes. Yep. yep. So, you know, it's, it's the direction that AAA games are going. It is not the direction that, uh, you know, double A games or indie games are going. So that's good at least, but a lot of AAA games are going in that direction. Uh, it's, I know it's the future, but I think they should handle it better. That's all. Yeah. That's, that's really all. Um, to, to end it is I think the best game that has it correct is is Overwatch. They, they, they just got it. They understand what the people want and mm-hmm. it doesn't hinder the experience. And uh, in the end of the day, I understand you're a company and you need to make money, but make a good game and you, you will make the money. You have been. EA's been EA's a huge they've been making great money and they own almost every single sports game so (laughs) and they make a shit ton of money on those and i don't even know how but um Mm -hmm. because it's madden's the same shit every year i'm sorry i'm not (laughs) i'm not gonna dog on you guys who actually play madden but i'm just saying it gets a little old after some time um i used to buy madden every year. year and um now i just they changed it up exactly they changed it up this year but uh, well, look how long it took. <laughs> um, no, I, I hear you. I definitely do. And I'm I'm the kind of guy who would rather pay for DLC than get free DLC, but have to pay for loot crates because my weapons suck. Oh, I know. Yeah, that you that know. I mean that's really it. In the end of the day, it's just like there's a few games that did that. Um, Blacklight. You ever play Blacklight? I don't remember. It that was one. it was one of the first PS4 uh, titles. It was actually on Steam before it was on PS4, and PS4 used it as, like, a, um, I don't know how to put it. They, they used it as, like, they're like, hey, this is a, a free game we're giving you. It was free, but everything you had to do was you had to pay for all the weapons, the good weapons. You had to pay for all the good attachments. Um, mm. And it was a fun game, but in, in any multiplayer, anybody who purchased anything would be automatically better than you. Just because they have mm-hmm. the attachment, even though the attachment's a couple bucks, that couple bucks made them that much better. Yeah, um, I gotcha, I gotcha. But enough about that. Um, let's talk about some good news. So, so uh, what do we got going on? Yeah, Nintendo's got a bunch of random stuff. Uh, first off, we have more details on Doom. I know. So Doom will be, it's dropping November 10th. I know. Uh, both. <laughs> <laughs> uh, digital and physical on the same day, which is always nice to see. Uh, some details about it, though. It will include 
uh, all of the DLC, all of it, all of the DLC that is out for Doom will be in this version of the game. Um, it includes all of the multiplayer maps, the entire single player campaign, and the arcade mode. Uh, which that's is amazing. Really cool. I can't wait. Yeah. And that's, I mean, guys, that's three weeks from now. That's really. It's not far. Yeah. I mean, that's really that's not crazy. that far away. We could be play, We're going to be playing Doom on Switch in in three weeks. Uh, the only thing that might be considered a, a negative, and I, I put an asterisk there because I don't really think so, is the game is locked at 30 frames per second. Um, whereas I know some games will unlock that in, in docked mode versus handheld mode. This is just creating the same experience regardless of how you play it. See, when we talked about this a little bit a couple episodes ago, I'm not really too upset about it. Um, I, I, I guess I just have to see it, but from what I've seen... It really doesn't look like it hinders the game. No, I don't think so. A lot, a lot of games are 30 frames per second. It's not a big deal. Um, I think that as long as they feel it looks good and we have fun playing it, that's what really matters. Um, I'm, I'm a huge techie. I love the best of the best of the best when it comes to technology. On the other hand, video games are supposed to be fun. You're supposed to enjoy it. You're supposed to have a good time. If you're playing Doom and you're and you're enjoying yourself, but it's not 60 frames per second, I think you're okay. The the only part that that gets me, and and I remember we discussed this last time. If for those who haven't listened to our, our previous episode, I believe it was episode 35. Um, you know, it, it's it's one thing if it's got to give or take, right? If you're going to lower my FPS, then you need to give me higher graphics. This situation, I'm a little caught in the middle because they didn't raise the uh, the graphics. Uh, the, excuse me, the resolution. I don't know why I keep saying graphics. Well, it's they're sitting it's at 720. No, no, no. In handheld mode, it's 1080 docked, isn't it? Ah, okay. Never mind. I'm okay with that. I think it is anyway. I'm okay with I that. Could be wrong. I, I'm just saying, you're like uh, Battlefield, particularly, is 30 frames per second, and Battlefield looks beautiful so i i would rather have a beautiful looking game yeah yeah in my opinion so but i wish they would have done that weird in between thing that that uh breath of the wild did that weird 980 or whatever it is 920 or something well it was 900 there you go uh but that was in docked mode and then it was 720 when it was in handheld which still looks amazing so um Right, well, Doom is going to be 720. I think it'll still be, mode, yeah, so. in a small screen, you, your eyes can't even see the difference. So I I was mistaken. I thought it was 720 on docked. Well, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, you know, we, we talked about that a few weeks ago now, so it's not quite in my head anymore. But, um, you know, either way, I think, I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna be pre-ordering it here, um, and so I'll be playing it. I'm very excited about it. I've wanted to play Doom since it came out, and I waited just long enough to get it on the Switch, which is just awesome. I, right? So. It's like the perfect timing. You're like, yes. Okay, so yeah. no. It is it is 720p resolution on, on docked and portable mode. Okay. So it's the same regardless of how you play it. So I guess we'll have to see how it looks. You know? I think it'll we'll still look – from what I can see in the, in the picture – in any video that they've demonstrated, it looks good still. And I, I mean I'm still going to enjoy blasting some motherfuckers, so – well, look, you and I both have pretty good TVs, so I think we just kind of have to play it and see if we think it looks good or Fair not. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, what? The, the other Nintendo news is a uh, big Switch update, massive Switch update, 4.0. Uh, 
that came with some cool stuff. Uh, first off, um, you can now transfer your save uh, your saves to another switch, which is a little limiting. First off, uh, of course, if your switch is broken beyond recovery or mm-hmm. lost or stolen, you can't do it. Um, this has to be a situation where you will, you're basically upgrading, right? Uh, I assume that's what they're kind of preparing for here. Is you? Oh, I wanted the the Yoshi edition or the Metroid edition or whatever. Um, and you upgrade just like I upgrade my Xbox one to an S. Um, so you can do that. It's a one way transfer. No going back. Yep. No going back. You can never go back to the original, uh, switch that it came from. So keep that in mind. Uh, but they're working on it. So another cool thing that I really like though, is video capture. You can now capture up to 30 seconds of gameplay um, that you, you know, that, that's just happened. Kind of like, you know, when the Xbox first came out and you could say, you know, Xbox, record that. And it would grab like the last 10 seconds or whatever. Uh, a feature that I used heavily my first like three months and then forgot about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's, you can use it. It's compatible with uh, only a few games right now. Um but they're big games like, you know, Breath of the Wild, Mario Kart 8, uh, Splatoon 2, and ARMS. So I assume it's going to come to some other games. Right now it's just the hardcore first-party Nintendo titles. But I imagine that's more of just a soft launch to make sure that it works right. So, uh, But that's out there. Make sure you update your Switches accordingly. I, and that's pretty much it. That's it on the news, man. I mean, that's it. Let's get to our main topic, man. What is our main topic? Guys, we are discussing games that we feel, and you may disagree, but we feel deserve <laughs> a sequel. How awesome is yes, that? Sir. I'm excited. I'm pumped. I have I have all of these ideas <laughs> ready to go. So um, I'm going to let you go first because oh, you, you probably <laughs> – I already have all a right. feeling what you're going to say for some of them. So, uh, so we picked our top three. I'm, I, I'm going to go and do mine in reverse alphabetical order. What? That's, that's what I'm, well, cause Why? I want to, cause, cause I'm being weird. Cause it's complicated. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, cause I just want to get the big name game out of the way, uh, which is Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. It is a uh, 1996 game. That uh, released as a launch title for the Nintendo 64. Uh, later, came, it did come to PC uh, later in 1997. But uh, this is absolutely one of my favorite Star Wars video games of all time. I know everybody loves Rogue Squadron and you know Knights of the Old Republic and Dark Forces and things like that. But Shadows of the Empire, always one of my favorite games, just hands down. Dude, I, um, I remember playing this game. I'm just thinking yeah. about it. This whole time I've been sitting here going like, oh... Who did this follow? So uh, his name was Rendar, Dash Rendar. And it was kind of like a companion story to Empire Strikes Back where you were going along doing things while the movie was happening. So like you're at the Battle of Hoth and you're you know flying a snowspeeder and taking down AT-ATs and then you see the Falcon fly away while you're still there fighting Wampas. And... Uh, you, uh, <laughs> you, you, you bump into Boba Fett at one point, uh, right. uh, uh, you know, later on and you have to fight him, which is really cool. And, um, you fight, you know, this crazy droid and all this other stuff. And, 
such a cool game. It, you had some cool weapons. You could get a jet pack at one point and climbed all these crazy you places. You see Luke and, quite often or? Not really. Uh, towards the end, you, you have like a short mission uh, kind of like with him and Lando sort of. Dude, he, but they're like not He looks like the really Mad Max of, of Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, he kind of like he kind of is, right? Because like he's um, God, how to explain him? He's like he's a lot like Han Solo, but rougher. I can tell. I like his little puffy vest thing. You know, like like your whole like here you go. Like there's one part of the of the game is like you're just trying to stop the bounty hunters that are after Han Solo. So you're you're saving Han Solo's ass. Yeah, you're the you're you're hunting the bounty hunters. Oh, yeah. so that means you're the yeah. best bounty hunter. You're the the master <laughs> like, bounty hunter. It, yeah, I mean, kind of right. Like it had great music, great great music, just perfect Lucas Arts kind of game back in the day. Um, gameplay was good. The graphics were. I mean, it was a launch title for the sixty four, so that, you know, you can imagine what that looked like. Uh, very similar to GoldenEye, you know. So. Um, and, Who is the, and I want a sequel. Oh, hell yeah. Like, I, this game sounds – oh my god. Like I kind of – I don't want a sequel. I want a reboot, like a mastered – a remastered really good version. Like I want them to take this game and do what they did with um, basically Doom. Speaking of Doom, mm. that looks amazing. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty okay. tight. Well, I mean, I, I would like a remaster. Don't get me wrong. I love when they remaster good games and they remaster them well Properly, like they did recently yeah. with the uh, Crash Bandicoot trilogy. Yes, yeah, that's a great example actually. Um, and maybe even Metroid Samus Returns, but I'm going to talk about that game another time. Um, but uh, this game, they could ease, they could do a sequel. So, uh, I, so there were two endings to the game. And the regular ending kind of just makes it look like you die. But, but, if you uh, get, like, the, the hard ending, the hard difficulty secret ending, um, you find out that he actually lived. So, um, you could you could say that he lived, obviously. And then you could see what happens to him during, like, Return of the Jedi. Or maybe between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. And see, like, what he's been doing and who he's been, you know, going up against and things like that. You can modernize it a great deal because, you know, he's roughly the same age as Han Solo. Um, and so you could play it up a bit, add voice actors, because the original, of course, doesn't have any voice acting, really. Um, and uh, you could you could jump ahead, make him older, make, make him, you know, go through the destruction of the Empire and, the, you know, all that other stuff. And um, he is pretty badass. Like I have to say, I've been looking at him this whole time. He is pretty badass. It was a it was a cool game, man. I think it was really cool. It was nice to to not you know play the main storyline where you know exactly what's going to have to happen. You know um, that kind of thing. Because of course, you know by 1996, I, I knew the Star Wars movies. You know, and so I just to to not know what was going to happen in this story was really cool. Uh, which I liked about Dark Forces, don't get me wrong, but Dark Forces did get a sequel. So, Huh. That's interesting. That's a good one, man. That's a really, really good Thanks, man. one. I guess uh, I will not – I'm not going to give you my number one, but um, – so. Okay. I'm just going to go in, in – I guess I'm going to go in order of urgency. <laughs> Once they feel <laughs> should really – should happen like ASAP. Um, 
I think, and you guys have heard me ramble about this a million times, Resident Evil 6 was left open with all of those characters, and I feel like there should be a proper Resident Evil 7 or Resident Evil 6.5 or something like that. So well, I'll be careful with that because then you end up with a Kingdom Hearts 1.8 plus <laughs> remastered definitive edition. That's so. not what I want. But they uh, <laughs> they left it really open. So Resident Evil 6 follows all of the original Resident Evil characters. Okay, Unlike the new Biohazard, Resident Evil 7, which should not be called 7 because it doesn't follow any of the original characters, just saying. Um and they left it open. They left it open with the ending being Jake, who is Wesker's son. Wesker is the main bad guy. Like, it's Chris's bad guy. He was in the, part of the star's original cast. He's the big bad, right? And his son has the same powers he does. So he's an ultimate badass. He's basically fucking Keanu Reeves, okay? And uh, they left it in the end where he's kind of going around the world and he's policing He's basically just taking out all of the, the virus around the world. And they left it like that. The end, the cutscene was that. Now, how could you not want to pick that up and go, hey, let's give Jake his own game? How cool would that be? I, I think that would be really cool. I do. But so, so real quick, this, when you say you're gonna, you're, you want to do these in uh, order of urgencies, is it, does this mean this is the most urgent sequel that's needed for you? I do. I do. But I think it's not that old of a game, though. It's not, but I think if you're going to release a half-assed Resident Evil 7, you're going to call it Resident Evil 7 and not reference anything from the sixth one or have any of the original characters. You might as well not call it Resident Evil 7. <laughs> Just give me a real Resident Evil 7. <laughs> that's, I mean, I, I understand that's that. That's the urgency. But... The urgency is you made a okay. 7, you failed. You should have just called it Biohazard. Now make me a real 7. That's what I want. Okay, okay. I mean, I can understand that. Um, it's like if they took I mean, your Star Wars game, right? And <laughs> like you said, that, that Shadows of the Empire, he lived. It's like if they took that game and was like, we'll just create a new character and just took that entire story and just put a new character well, in there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a little different for you because you have a whole franchise versus this This That's is like true. the only time this guy shows up Hillary, uh, outside of, bo- of books. My wife Hillary but... said that she was like, uh, for the listeners out there, she's like, that doesn't count as a sequel. I'm like, yes, it does. It's it's much needed because the way they left the game. But that was um, that was mine. I think needs to happen. Like they could easily do it. It's already. I feel like it's it's already a topic. Make it happen, Capcom. Make it happen. <laughs> I mean, I imagine they will. I know that they're they're working on bringing a couple of the games to Switch, and um, I think they were trying to do. I think they were trying to go back to their horror roots with Seven. I mean, uh, I with get Biohazard. That. I get that. You know, I just don't. I don't think you should call it a sequel. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you from that standpoint. But my question is this: Was Biohazard a good game? I'm waiting for it to go on sale. <laughs> oh, you haven't. Oh, you haven't played it yet. No, no. Oh. So once it goes on All sale, right. which will probably be this holiday season, I will be buying it and I will be giving a full review on this podcast. All right, because I got to know what you think. Because I, everybody I've talked to who's who's who are Resident Evil video game fans really like the new one. I don't. I you know, and 
here's the 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 argument. They were probably fans of the first game, which was r- stupid stupid camera angles, and you don't know what's gonna happen. And you um and I get that. I'm more of a fan of Resident Evil 4, 5, and 6 because they're more action and horror. It was, it was the perfect combination of action and horror. It was where they let you control a camera, number one, but they had horror elements, but you could do really cool stuff. So it added that extra edge where you're like, I kind of want to go ahead and flip this guy real quick and then turn around and blow up this can with the 12 zombies running at me. That's how <laughs> cool that felt. You can do that. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those were the kind of things that I, I liked. So w- whether the, the debatable part of it, whether it was scary or not, um, I agree. But I think we should reserve – it became an action franchise, action horror franchise. And I think the, this franchise evolved and I think if you're if you're wanting horror, you need to stick to Silent Hills. You need to stick to Evil Within. Um, Resident Evil going back to horror is great, but just don't call it Seven. I just wish that they would have just left the Seven off. I'd have been completely fine with it. Yeah, yeah. Because that because okay. a Seven means it's a sequel. That means it is it is well, next uh, yeah, in I the mean, tri- it, you know what I mean. But what if it is? But it's not what because if... I've already read the the spoilers. It has no connection whatsoever, except for the fact uh, that one character who hasn't who hasn't been in a game for a little bit comes and rescues the character. We don't know who we are. I don't even know who the. It's a new made up character. The the person you're playing. Okay. But I'll go on this tangent and I'll make I'll keep it short. The game, the franchise, built it up to be a global issue, a big global problem so we're talking the bsaa which is what chris redfield and jill valentine belong to they're like the global police of bio weapons and most of the games they're in different countries right mm-hmm. in seven the new one they just like kind of like backtrack they're like what we'll do is we'll focus on a small podunk town or house, like uh, not even a town. It's just one house in an isolated area in Louisiana in the U.S. It's like you guys just really made that shit small scale. You went from large world global issues to small scale as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- that's true. So uh, that that's mainly my, my major concerns is you built this huge global issue like, oh, shit, shit's going down. The world is in peril to – Hey, we're just going to focus on this small cannibalistic family in Louisiana in the U.S. <laughs> that's why. Yeah, right, right. Um, and that's how I feel about Resident Evil 7. So wh- what do you got on your <laughs> your uh, your next <laughs> All right. number two? So I, I was trying to dig deep, uh, not go with some of the, the, the more well-known franchises. So this is uh, – I want a sequel to, to this game here. Um, it is the first – Mac game I ever played uh-huh. back in elementary school on what the colorful uh, the one old... that's see through, right? Yes, yes, the <laughs> I, original I used, IMAX. Yeah, I love those. Yep, they were later rebranded Emacs when the IMAX became flat screens. Uh, for those who don't know, anyway, the game was called Dino Park Tycoon. Oh yes, I am very familiar Not... with that. <laughs> 1993 game for Mac and DOS. 
Uh, eventually, a 3DO version was released as well. Uh, this was before, uh, you know, Jurassic Park. I know. This was a game where you would. Uh, it was by MECC, uh, the the publishing company, and um, these guys basically made a a Sim City kind of game, but for, but dinosaurs. for dinosaurs. Yep. And um, now I'm getting echo. I don't know what happened. How about now? Can I hear myself now? No, it works. You still there? Yeah. Weird. Okay. Anyway. Um, and so basically what you would do is you, you start off with a $5,000 loan from the bank. Um, and (laughs) which, uh, which, but so here's where it gets kind of funny. Uh, I remember this distinctly. So in school you actually got $20,000. So when you bought it for yourself, it was actually much harder to play. (laughs) (laughs) Cause they, they, uh, somebody hooked you guys up. (laughs) Basically, yeah. So, uh, but you, you start off and you have to start the whole thing. So you you buy land, you buy fences, you buy dinosaurs. You have to hire park people and feed the dinosaurs and all this other crazy stuff. And the dinosaurs are all priced differently and all that. Now we have had uh, five major SimCity games, mm-hmm. uh, a million spinoffs like Sim Tower, Sim Earth, Sim Ant. We've had uh, Spore, all the Sim games. Roller Coaster Tycoon and it's uh, three, I think, sequels. Um, I want to see Dino Park Tycoon 2 modernized for 2017, 2018, HD graphics, um, you know, better, better mechanics, make it much more active of a game where it is more like a theme park. Um, and I just, I think that people would have a lot of fun with that because these other games are, are successful. But who wants to build a city in a roller coaster when you can have a dinosaur park? Right? Well, like like you said, it came out before Jurassic Park. So you were sitting here going, yeah, I already made that damn park. When you watch the movie, you're like, yeah, I already made that shit. And then uh, you see the movie, you're like, oh, I like, oh, that movie just inspired you. You're like, I kind of really want to go back to this game now. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I could play it now. Yeah, I, mean, I actually found uh, online, if you go to uh, classicreload.com, there is a browser version of the game that you can play. I I think I might pick, I might play that because I love SimCity. We talk about SimCity quite a bit and it's, uh, it's shortcomings where natural disasters come out of nowhere and just destroy all of your work. Um Anywhere from aliens to tornadoes to to, to tsunamis. Um, anyways, when did you play this game enough to – was it much like – like what were – although you're building this park and you have money and you're managing the park and yada, 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 what were the consequences? Uh, much I mean, like Tycoon. Dinosaur- the other Tycoon games, you remember you wanted, to, you wanted to raise like the roller coaster. You wanted to raise the fun level. And still be profitable. Yeah, I mean, kind of. I mean, so there there was some real life stuff in here. If you didn't have enough money, the dinosaurs would starve. Mm. Um, That's cool. You'd have to you'd have to fire employees. You know, things like that. <laughs> Teaches kids to run a real business. 
I mean, that's kind of what it was. It was very similar to Roller Coaster Tycoon, right? Where, you know, in Roller Coaster Tycoon, you, you have to have rides and people get bored of the rides and then they stop coming. Or if they get injured on a ride, they won't take it anymore. And, um, you have to be able to sell food and, um, you know, swag and stuff like that. It's, it's very similar um, to, to this type of, of gameplay, except it's just old. I mean, part of the problem is MECC went out of, out of business in 1999. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, you know... 1993 was when the game first came out, so it's been 24 years. The company has been out of business for 18 years. So, you know, I'm not really expecting a sequel here. However, Tycoon games still come out all the time. We've got farming simulators and Minecraft and all that great stuff. Somebody needs to come up with a dinosaur tycoon game. Call it whatever you want, but it needs to be a spiritual successor to Dino Park Tycoon. Well, they kind of did, and I'm not trying to stomp on your parade, but they kind of did that with Jurassic Park Builder. That mobile game? Yeah. That's terrible. Oh, no. <laughs> you don't think so? No, 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 no. <laughs> you... that's, just, that's just Universal Studios trying to get into the mobile game space of the, you know, the pay-to-play game right. style that EA is quite good with, with Dungeon Keeper, by the way, uh, on mobile. Uh, no, that's not what I want. <laughs> I want a real game. Like Roller Coaster Tycoon, but with dinosaurs. Okay. I I I am not opposed to that. I think that would be a lot of fun. Like with good graphics. I mean the graphics are actually pretty cutting edge for the time. Yeah, they were good for the time. I'm looking at sure. it and they're pretty they're three D. I mean Yeah, I mean it was it was alright. It, it's pretty rough to go play it today though, I'll tell you that. <laughs> it does not hold up well. <laughs> Um, okay, well, I'll, I'll jump into my number two. My number two is um, a lot of people – it was critically raved. It did very well, but we never got a sequel, and the and the, um, the creator actually released a statement saying that he won't make a sequel simply because he doesn't want to taint he, – he doesn't want to come up with a new story. Um, Heavy Rain. Have you ever played Heavy Rain? No, I'm not familiar with Heavy, Heavy Rain. Rain is one of my favorite games, probably top 20 of all time. Um, reason being is it was a murder mystery um, basically revolving around you played about six characters. All of the decisions you make with these characters resulted in um, a consequence or a gain. So this whole time there's a mur- – basically children are – ch- children have been kidnapped. The murderer – God, I don't know how to put this. This this murderer has kidnapped children, and he has killed some children in the past. But this is a particular part of the – it's in Seattle or something like that. It's a particular part of the year where it rains a lot. It's heavy rain, right? And the whole murder mystery, the whole solving portion of the game is figuring out uh, where the murderer is holding the kid. And Basically, he's giving you clues throughout, and you play a detective, you play like a civilian, you play like, and somehow all of these stories connect later on uh, during the game. It's really good. It's like, um, it's like Point Point Blank, or what's that movie? Uh, point Point Break. Point no, break. not Point Break. That other one where it's like seven people. Um, one of the guys from is lost, and then it, it's like a bomb goes off in an assembly. And it's like all these point of view vantage point. God, I couldn't think of it. Oh, it's like vantage point. point, except you get to play the characters and make the choices. So, anyways, so it's a time of the year where it rains a lot, and basically the the murderer is holding these kids, 
in a place like in a sewer and the sewer is filling up with water. So you, 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 you're, you're measuring the rain throughout the game because you have so much time. Anyways, so the game, depending on the decisions you make, it ends up revealing – so if you make bad decisions in the game and you kill off some of the characters, you'll never know who the murderer was and the, ki and the children will die. But if you make the right decisions and you get the right characters in the right place, you find out who the murderer is. And you are actually playing the murderer the whole time. It's actually really oh, cool. cool. It's really cool. And I okay, wish okay. they would make I although that's that mystery was been solved in that game, wish they would make another one. Just another one that ha that follows another murder mystery. It's so good. I mean, we're talking about the game touches on psychological aspect of being a murderer and why he does these things and like the guy that you're playing the guy that ends up being the murderer, um, again, you're controlling him. He's a detective, and he's got – he's like sways moral. Like when it gives you the option, it's like when you're interrogating someone, should I hit them? Should I threaten them? Should I wait till they get out? Like it gives you all these options, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, <clears throat> so it's like you're you're in the mind of the killer and you're – but you don't know you are. But he, But he's the only one that has those violent options. So it's really cool. It's really cool. It's a very well thought out game, and I really wish they would make another one. It's kind of like L.A. Noir. That was another murder yes. mystery game that I wish they would make a sequel for. Um, right. You don't even need to. You don't even need to have the same characters. I just want another murder mystery to solve that are in the same universe. Um, mm -hmm. I would love more than anything to have another one of those. They're just a lot of fun, man. Like I, I'm really interested uh, for the listeners out there. Really interested in like making a murderer and serial killer documentaries and the psychological mind of of, of criminals. <laughs> so that game just kind of meets all of those needs. Okay. You you ought to try no, it, it's, man. That's really good. Yeah, I just I, I don't know that one, so I can't say too much. But yeah, that's interesting. What do you got? What's your third? Your your final? My last one, man. All right. So my last one. Make it a good one. Is <laughs> it, it, well, it's a personal favorite of mine. So um, for anybody who listens to the show, you know I'm a big fan of real time strategy games, good RTS. Um, and so I would like to see a real sequel to Age of Mythology. Um, it's a, basically a, an offshoot, a spinoff, if you will, of the Age of Empires franchise, which of course is getting a fourth game and huh. remasters of the original three. Yeah. Uh, Age of Mythology came out in 2002, so it's been out for 15 years. It has received, uh, some expansions over the years, uh, particularly the Titans expansion, which, uh, I love that, that expansion of the game. You can build Titan gates and create these gigantic Titan creatures, that were specific to your uh, culture uh, that you picked. Um, and they they also created an extended edition more recently, a couple years ago, that got its own expansion. But I want a legitimate sequel. New engine, new mechanics, uh, new stories and graphics, the whole nine. Um, I always felt like it did some things better than Age of, of Empires because I, the graphics were better. You could spin 360 
which was really cool. Um, the, the different, uh, cultures were more unique because you could be like the Egyptians and the Atlanteans and, uh, get these crazy creatures like, you know, a Phoenix and you had God powers that you could rain down, you know, fire and brimstone and things like that and have all these mythological creatures. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like just, a, it's an RTS kind of on steroids. It's fantasy RTS. Um, and, uh, you know, 15 years has gone by and we, we don't have a sequel. Uh, like I said, we've got some expansions and, and things like that. But, you know, you've got four age vampire games. I think we can get one more mythology game. I would actually prefer that only because I'm very interested in the Titans. And uh, who wouldn't want to have that kind of power, mm-hmm. right? And just like, I mean, literally the, the power to do anything. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally with you there, man. I mean, look, and this game, this game did well, okay, it, uh, on Wikipedia, okay, because I wanted to know how it sold, because I wasn't sure if it was just me, but it sold uh, 870,000 copies uh, by 2006, so in four years, and uh, during that time frame, between 2000, which was two years before it came out, between 2000 and 2006, it was one of the 10 best selling no games shit. for yep for pc yep um and uh you know if you include the titans expansion it sold one over 1.3 million copies of the game that's actually uh, like yeah that's very successful those are just united states numbers it was sold in other countries uh, we know it sold at least 200,000 copies in the uk because it received an award that you have to have sold 200,000 copies to uh, to get um so, you know, we're talking about a game that has sold well. It was rated well. I mean, you know, uh, IGN, 9.3 out of 10. GameSpot, 9.2 out of wow. 10. Game Informer, 9.5 out of 10. Uh, you know, Metacritic gave it an 89 out of 100. We're talking about a good game here. And uh, I think it's a shame that they've stuck with the Age of Empires franchise and they've kind of forgotten about this one. Right. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. I. I would I have never played it and it sounds interesting as hell. Well, look, if you've never played it, there is the uh extended edition on Steam that has a Tale of the Dragon expansion uh that actually came out uh, a little over a year and a half ago. Um so I would recommend that anybody anybody who is a fan of RTSs, especially Age of Empires, go out to Steam and check this game out. It's fantastic. That's a great recommendation. I mean, everything's on Steam. I bet you can play Heavy Rain on Steam. Um, (laughs) So I guess I'll go into my uh, final one now too. That was a good one. Um, Yeah, this is it, man. This one, I'm actually – I wish I would have moved it higher in the list because now I'm thinking about it. I really enjoyed the game. Um, Have you ever played a game called Binary Domain? No, man. You're you're picking some interesting stuff here. I don't know that. It is literally right up your alley, man. It is uh it is a game that is a, it's a science fiction game that basically meshes I am robot and terminator. It is like in the in between phase Whoa. when and, and blade runner. It's in the in between which is which uh the creator actually said those were a lot of his influences. It is an in between phase where robots are becoming so human that we can't tell if they're human or not. So the whole game is it actually did really well. It, it's got a 9 out of 10 on Steam right now. Um, back when it came out, let me see when it actually came out. 
But it focuses it's it's just a fun shoot 'em up robot sci-fi game. It's a lot of fun. Um and they never did a sequel, but they left it open. Um <laughs> this is where nice. it kind of gets that Terminator vibe. It's a corporation that's creating all these robots that are so lifelike that you don't know who's human. Anyways, they're trying to take down the corporation and they're fighting. It's a group of uh, soldiers or whatever you want to call it. They've got these futuristic weapons and all that fun stuff. And um, they're fighting giant machines. They're fighting, you know, thing, people they thought who, you know, were normal people in the police station are, are actually robots and it's it's a lot of fun it's just a lot of shooting shoot it's a shoot 'em up kind of it's third person um and i just they left it open the end the end uh the end was kind of grim basically they they take down the corporation and at the end of the game there is another faction of that corporation and they have a whole bunch of more robots and they ended it that way, and it was like, why? Why would you end it this way? Um, <laughs> came out in for PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 in 2012, April of 2012. Okay. Um, and again, the game took place in the game. It's in uh, 2080. So, again, it just follows a group of soldiers that are trying to take down basically a uh, – <laughs> Uh, a Terminator type scenario, taking down a giant corporation who makes robots, but it's it's a lot of fun. It's a great game. Nice. Um, they're obscure because this is when I played a lot of games. <laughs> uh, PlayStation Three. I just would rent any game I haven't played, and I would play it. Uh, back in the day, in 2012, particularly because I was still in college, I would just play any game. <laughs> really? Sure. Yeah. That was when yeah. I would go to, uh, I believe, Family Video, and I would just rent. At that time, Blockbuster – well, Blockbuster was more – when did Blockbuster go out of business? 2009, 2010? Um, was it really that long ago? I don't even know if that was, it was that long ago. I used to go – I used to have the Game Pass at, at Blockbuster. Do you know what I'm talking oh, about? of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, man. and I would just rent all of these games. I know you can only do like one at a time or two at a time, um, but I would just rent all of these games and I would just play them. And <laughs> I played a lot of games that way. So yeah, you're right. 2010. Yeah. 2010. Yeah, I think it it so. was around. I didn't play this. Obviously, I played this game in 2012, but around that time, yeah, I, I did a lot of game playing. And um, yeah, this was this was a good one. Cool. But anyways, it was produced nice, by man. Sega, and I think Sega's making a big Sega. comeback. So I feel like it would be eh. very easy for Sega to just go ahead and just make a sequel. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Sega's got a lot of ground to catch up. Uh, the new Sonic games haven't really done as well as they hoped. I mean, Crash Bandicoot just trounced them yeah. as far as, you know, But I think Sonic nostalgia. Forces is going to really help them because it looks amazing. I hope so. You know, I'm a big fan of, of Sega, so I, I hope that they stick around. Well, there's some other games. Uh, do you got any honorable mentions before we wrap um, this up? I, I mean, I've got a few. Uh, I do think that Star Fox needs a new sequel because Star Fox Zero is not quite what people were wanting, myself included. Hmm. Um, I would like to see either a Warcraft 4 or a WoW 2 uh, from Blizzard. I think it would be cool to kind of 
put an end to the wow story where it is now and kind of give everybody a fresh start. So people like me, for example, could kind of get, get to the ground floor with everybody on a new game. Uh, I think that'd be pretty cool. That's good. That's probably a big anticipated one. Um, I had a couple of honorable mentions. Uh, I think primal, Primal Rage oh, should have gotten. Yeah. Primal Rage is a fighting game where you were either this Arctic monkey that <laughs> was really pissed off. You could fight dinosaurs. It was like a uh, like Mortal Kombat but with animals, <laughs> right? You, you remember that? <laughs> oh man, no, that game was crazy. <laughs> yeah, that game was insane. Yeah, and I wish they would uh, either reboot it or make a sequel that has more recent graphics because it was an arcade game. I think it was actually made by Sega as well. I don't remember, but a good game. Yeah, that's a good choice. That would be my honorable mention, and then I had uh, I already kind of lumped it in there, but um, I think L.A. Noir again yeah. needed a, another one, and it's not. Again, we don't need, like, the same characters, but we can follow a different serial killer, a different murderer uh, with different detectives. I just want it to be in that same universe because I know the game took – it kind of dabbled in the Black Dahlia, which is a a very big killer around that time period. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah. No, it was Atari, dude. Atari did Primal Rage. Okay. So do you there think you that will be in the Atari box? Because <laughs> I'll buy Maybe, it for that. <laughs> <laughs> it might be, man. Oh my oh, god. Man. Looks like well, they had it on um, uh, GameCube as well. I might just pick I got a oh, we both got a okay. GameCube. You might just pick that up. We might have to. Well, I know we left off some big games that people might be wondering about. Uh if we are aware that a sequel is in the works, we left it off the list. Games like The Last of Us and uh uh, Red Dead Redemption, for example. So we wanted to kind of focus on games that we're not aware of any talks about a sequel um, in case we could kind of, you know, light a fire under anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and like, had we had this topic uh, earlier in the year, I would have put Last of Us 2 on there because we would have not have known. It had not been confirmed at that point. Well, they showed the... Uh... Didn't they show that little teaser trailer last fall of uh, of L sitting in the in the room with the guitar? I thought that was a DLC. No, man, that was that, they showed that at one of the big Sony conferences. Oh, okay. Well, either way, I mean, that's my yeah. most anticipated sequel. So, oh, I mean, it is for me too. But we know it's coming, right? So. Right. Yeah. But I mean, yep. hey, I I don't I think we've covered it. Absolutely, man. So I think that's going to be it for us. Guys, thanks for tuning in again. And, uh, of course, we got to do the shameless plug. You can find us at <laughs> heroespodcast.com and at Heroes Podcast on social media. And that's all the social media. Is that right except for one particular? No, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr and Twitch. So you got even more than you bargained for. You can. It's so easy <laughs> to find us. It's not even funny. Um <laughs> Please keep in mind we do a we do have a Patreon and if you wish to uh, contribute to that and get some behind behind the scene looks at some of our our movie series <laughs> some of our movie recording series sorry I'm laughing because if you guys if you guys actually went onto our website and looked at our last our September's 
video, you would see me being an angry Samuel, which is hilarious. Um. <laughs> so, so wait, so right now that video is now public. Yes. All right. So this is totally free. If you go to patreon.com slash heroes podcasts, you can watch our pulp fiction scene. It was our first parody movie scene that we are doing as part of our Patreon. Uh, we are going to do one every month and patrons get it two weeks early at a minimum for the public. So uh, go check out this one. John was the lead. It was a ton of fun. And we've already recorded the one for this month for October. And it is Halloween related. I promise you that. So it'll come out on Halloween um, if you're a patron. And all it takes is, is just a dollar or more. Help us pay for microphones and video equipment and uh, all of that good stuff. And come see us. We are going to be at Kansas City Comic Con November 10th, 11th, and 12th at Bartle Hall in Kansas City, Missouri. We are going to have panels. We are going to have a table and a booth and a banner and some raffles. So please stop by and say hi. I will also be there, but I will be at splitting my time between that and the Buster Props booth. So, hey, guys, I don't know if you've already said this, but we're giving away free games. And... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. We need to get 10 Forgot. reviews to do that, though. Um, okay, I take that back. Free game. Singular, not games. <laughs> one free yes, game. just one game. And it's going to be yes. a good game. It's going to be a game you want. It's going to be a game that you are going to dream about. So please leave us a review. You can do that on iTunes. You can go yes. directly to our social media pages and leave us a review. How about that? Oh, uh, it's a little bit harder to track. So I, I will say, if you, I keep trying to bend the rules, want, man. I, I know, but I have to know if people have reviewed, or I can't count them, you know, in the contest, and that wouldn't be fair. Never mind. So, <laughs> if you, if you really want to be part of the contest, if you want a chance to win a free game, and we're talking console, PC, mobile, handheld, AAA, indie, whatever you want, go to heroespodcast.com, find our uh, iTunes channel. We have. Three reviews right now. Three, guys. Just three. So I want to thank Jesse Marr, Chinchilla Ray, and Avenger ZS for three five-star reviews. Thank you guys for that. When we reach ten reviews, one of you ten will be randomly selected to get this free game, and we will let you pick that game as long as it's actually available for sale. 10% chance, guys. 10% chance. So that's it. I think we've plugged enough for one night, man. I will talk to you guys next week. Take it easy. That's it. <laughs> hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.